Hello and welcome to another episode of the Source Podcast. My name is John Wilson and I'm the Relationship Director here at Source Capital. Joining me today is a very special guest, Bryn Walker. We're here today to talk about what security to look for when you're investing with your SaaS pension. Before we get into the podcast, Bryn, uh, can you just share with ourselves and our listeners a little bit of information about yourself and your experiences so far? Obviously, we've known each other around three years now, many different events up and down the country. We've spoke at great length about security with SASIs, about different investment vehicles. So yeah, if you can take it away, let the listeners know who you are and what you've done. Oh, good afternoon, everybody. And thank you for having me. Very kind of you. As John said, my name is Bryn Walker. I'm a SAS consultant for Retirement Capital. To give you a brief potted history of my career, it'll be very quick, even though it's been quite long. So I first started working in the insurance and pensions industry back in 1987 for a company called Britannic Assurance. Four years I spent there were very happy. And then I got a job offer from a much larger company called Commercial Union, which I uh, gratefully took. And they basically gave me my first formal training into the pensions. About four years later, they decided to sell the part of commercial union that I worked for, for a company that I didn't respect. Uh, so being uh, young and foolish, I set up my own independent financial advisory business out of our garage, uh, which was great fun. I used to love advising the public. The problem was I did find the pensions world at that time overpriced, offering terrible service to clients, very indifferent, performance wasn't particularly great. And I used to say that quite a lot. I was once challenged that I'll never set up a pensions company and you have to recommend one of us, so stop shouting. So I eventually sold my IFA firm in 2001 and actually set up uh, my own pensions company, which I happily worked in until sale in 2015. I took a little sabbatical after a long time of working, but have slowly got roped back into an industry that I absolutely love, which is that of small self-administered pension schemes. So I currently find myself at Retirement Capital, who I think are the fastest growing SaaS provider in the UK. That's a little bit about me done quite fast. Yeah, without uh, Brim Walker in the SaaS world, it'd be a much different picture. And I believe for yourself, uh, you're a volunteer as well. It'd be great to know a little bit more about what you do on helping the justice for victims on the pension scams group uh, and what you've done in that world as well, obviously alongside. Thank thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. So, yes, as as clearly stated, I've spent a long time in the world of pensions and seen, you know, a lot of things that are really good, but also a lot of things that are quite terrible. So um, I volunteer on the Transparency Task Force Justice for Pension Scams group, uh, which is basically trying to help people that have become victims of pension scams. Um, I think we're currently dealing with 74 different uh, types of pension scam with the amount of money at stake totaling about £4.5 billion, which is dreadful. That's led me to serve as a, on the Secretariat of the All-Party Parliamentary Group on Pension Scams. So this is basically uh, completely repeating to Parliament about ways of changing legislation to make things safer for pensions uh, investors, um, to make sure everybody's retirement pot is as safe as it could be. And and obviously, again, trying to bring scammers to the justice. So that's a hugely worthwhile um, group that I volunteer on. And, you know, luckily it's headed up by Stephen Timms, who's a great advocate of members' pensions and protecting them. Perfect. Thank you very much. Uh, again, with the wealth of experience and knowledge that you've got in both the SAS world and also where uh, the recovery of pension funds and um, delving into these schemes that have gone wrong over the years. 
It's one of the reasons why at Source Capital we wanted to bring you in to, to have a chat through roughly what type of security you generally speak to your clients about and what opportunities your clients bring and, and effectively what methods you go through to assessing those deals for them really. So obviously with the SaaS, I'll let you delve into uh, the finer tunes of what it can do and can't do, but an overview basically of what a SaaS is and how they work and what can they invest into before we we jump into what they shouldn't invest into. Yeah, that's probably a really good starting point. I know a lot of property investors have heard SaaS, the word SaaS or the phrase SaaS is banded around at, uh, at numerous uh, property meetings, um, certainly in numerous property discussion groups. But you know, let's start with, if you don't know what a SaaS is, a SaaS basically it stands for Small Self-Administered Scheme. It's a type of pension scheme, but it, basically it's a company pension scheme. So it's not personal pension at all. It's, a, it's an actual occupational pension scheme. So it's set up by a sponsoring employer in much the same way as you know, the Marks and Spencers pension scheme perhaps is. And, and that's sort of the rule book and the regulator that looks after small self-administered schemes. So it's basically a pension scheme for directors and key employees of SME companies. And it simply allows the member trustees to effectively take control of their own pension funds and pension provision. So it is giving entrepreneurs the access to the management of their own pension, as opposed to leaving with a large pension provider and not being able to, to do anything really with it other than invest in their funds. So it's a very powerful vehicle. Um, And if it's linked to commercial property investments, it becomes even more powerful, which we'll perhaps delve into in a little while. But yeah, basically, it's a company pension scheme set up by directors of SME companies. So following that, obviously, the overview of what a SaaS pension is and how they work and who they're designed for. There's many key benefits with SaaS pensions. Obviously, there's a few risks that come alongside that. But from yourself as administrating so many schemes currently and in the past, what are the key benefits that you see for a potential investor, potential SME owner, business owner? Who's looking to create a SaaS? What would be the top three points, let's say, of, uh, of what you delve into? In terms of benefits, I, I mean, control would be a massive benefit. As I've mentioned before, it, it makes your pension scheme, well, I mean, you're managing it. So it, it makes it very real. You know, people take a lot more care, I think, over their pension when they can see it, feel it, touch it and you know, yes. use it to help their business grow or use it to help their cash flow or use it to, to help themselves inside and outside the SaaS, which we'll go into in a little while. So, you know, it brings it home. It, it makes it very real. You know, and the, the breadth of investments, which, again, we'll go into in a little while, is very, very broad with a small self-administered scheme. So that's hugely advantageous. The second one I would suggest is probably the protection that a a pension scheme brings. Now, this isn't just SaaS. I mean, this would be all pensions. So pensions are written under trust, uh, which means that they're fully protected from both the companies and any personal creditors that you may have because these are written for business people. And as we all know and have seen over the past few years, business comes with risk. And sometimes that risk ends in the company not actually succeeding, leaving some creditors. Now, you know, money protected in a trust can't, can't be touched by creditors, which I think is you know, incredibly important from, you know, a security point of view going forwards is all the hard work that you've done and money that you've put into the pension scheme 
you know, will still be there for your future and sometimes can allow you to, to start again under certain circumstances. I think those are probably the main benefits, the main reasons for, for people looking into, into SaaS, you know, together with some of the investment options that are available. So obviously they're the benefits. Uh, you mentioned one which is a key point really, it's protection of those assets, not just for yourself, but for the legacy, uh, for your family, which will be involved within the SaaS. And again, linking that with the control and having the freedom of investment, that brings obvious risks with it and it's painful to see when investments from within SASs and the SAS community go wrong but it is a very real possibility that that could happen and we've seen it recently with a number of different strategies uh, within investments and within the world of property which have gone wrong so I presume that's one of the risks and there may be others that uh, that you know of when moving into a SAS and starting to be in control of this wealth which as a business owner, you may have had experience uh, looking after many different layers of finances. However, when it's your capital that you've built up over those years and it's your job to protect it and to make sure that it's passed on generationally, what other risk do you see really with uh, with SAS pensions and investing it correctly? That's a very good point. As I said at the start, you know, the APPG currently have four and a half billion of pension scams under, you know, that they're trying to help and, and, and investigate. So it's a very real risk. So one of the main risks is well, you have to invest your, your pension fund for the future. Now, if you're not a particularly experienced investor, you could become a victim of a scam. This is how people have been scammed before. Investments can be dressed up to be made to sound very sexy, very attractive, very secure, normally very glossy brochures. There's um, some kind of very high performance figures being touted around. And really, investment is where things can go very wrong quite quickly. And there are a number of well-known scenarios where this has happened. Not always around property. Property, you know, can be a large one. I think Dolphin GPG Trust, which lost £1.5 billion, is probably the the best known one but there are there are investment strategies that can that can go horribly wrong as well so you know security is really really important and i mean this is a personal view there's a huge amount of advantages to a SAS pension but i always start with you know my first adage is the hippocratic oath firstly do no harm this is your pension if you lose it it's very hard to get back so you know, look into everything that you're planning to do, you know, with proper due diligence, not just, you know, four or five questions. You know, I prefer four or five pages of due diligence. You know, firstly, do no harm is is absolutely critical. And then look for as much security on any type of investment you're ever going to do, preferably first charge, especially if it's property, I would say first charge security becomes a critical component of your investment decision. Absolutely. And I like the phrase that you've used of do no harm and being in the position that I'm in, I speak to endless amounts of investors who are constantly looking at uh, different investments or looking at source capital, they're looking at doing things elsewhere. And a point that you've made a few times in the past when we spoke is ideally to do your own developments because it's unlikely that you'll be doing anything with bad intentions to your own SaaS and your own wealth. However, second to that, because the development opportunities aren't there year round for you to do your own again the experience of SAS trustees might not be that they're able to do their own when they are finding the opportunities make sure 
like I said, do no harm, ensure that security is structured correctly, ensure that the opportunities are right and make sure that everything lines up to the level of due diligence that you would expect if a third party was looking after the SAS. Yeah, we have spoken about it and I'm very keen on on people doing their own projects. You've heard me say you're very unlikely to rip yourself off. <laughs> That's not to say that for an inexperienced developer, things won't go wrong. It still may not be perfect, but there was no intention anywhere for you to mess up your own project with your own pension. But as we've said and talked about a number of times, you know, it's a massive responsibility to run your own pension fund for yourself. And we aren't talking, you know, sometimes we're talking very significant amounts of money. Um, so sometimes people, rather than do their own investment, will come and look at, at you know, a company such as yourselves and, you know, lend some money, see how other developers do it and maybe do a, you know, learn from that, which is tremendous. And, you know, one of the reasons that our clients invest with yourselves is that you meet the first charge you know, mantra that we keep on telling them you have to have a first charge. And I think the way you do that, which is is very clever, so you can explain that. Yeah, absolutely. So again, with Source Capital, uh, it's investments into property development loans, which could be anywhere within the UK. It could be commercial to residential, it could be new bills, it could be refurbishment, generally short-term loans, six to 18 months and with our investors every single investor receives a first legal charge the way that's structured for a SaaS investor is beneficial on two ways the first one being you hold a first legal charge the same as the next man in the loan or next next woman in the loan and the other benefit with it it means that it's at arm's length the security from the SaaS itself so you'll never indirectly own a property or directly in a worst case recovery's position own it so we use a security trust that trust doesn't have any means of operating. There's no income, no outgoings within that. It's purely there to serve on our investors to make sure that everything's done with their best interests at heart, i.e. signing the security documentation, holding the security for each and every investor. It makes the final paperwork exercises complete once our investors potentially <coughs> on the security structure in terms of if there's a project that doesn't quite go the right way. Luckily to date, we've not had any and we've got 100% repayment. Our investors would decide on a majority basis decision. And then on the back of that, then the security trust would either action that and look at a recoveries and repossession route or a potential extension. But that's how we keep everything at arm's length for our SaaS investors while giving them the security needed to fulfill their due diligence, i.e. the first charge across the asset. So does that make sense when we're delving into obviously for yourself it does but is that clear to potential listeners today of how that's structured i hope so and if not they can talk to <laughs> yourself about it further i mean from our point of view you know you are hitting the magic word first charge so when our investors want to to make an investment um, because you offer very attractive rates of return but it's the first charge security that is is absolutely paramount to us um, and the way that that's provided, you know, as you've just explained, it just gives us as the administrator a, a huge degree of, I'm going to use the word security again, <laughs> but it does, it does give. It does give us as the administrators security that, you know, almost worst case scenario, which you've never had, but worst case scenario will be the do no harm. You know, they're going, to, you, you lend on what, 65, 70, 75% loan to value. So there's always money in the tin. For the investors that they've never lent what the development is worth or can be sold for and it just gives us as administrators tremendous faith that our investors are going to get what is said on the tin so yeah, yeah. It's, 
it's something that we're immensely proud of. Having the repayment rate of 100% is huge. That isn't to say that will always be the case. Obviously, the past performance of what we've done as a platform doesn't indicate what the future results will be. However, the way that we've achieved that is quite special, really. We've never needed to go into a recovery position. There have been loans which have been delayed. We've worked on behalf of our investors to mitigate the delays and make sure that the borrowers are coming in on time. But over the last two years with COVID, that's hit. And having the situations where build costs have gone up, material shortages, site closures, to come out of the back of that and still say that we've got 100% repayment rate of capital and all interest, it's pretty phenomenal, really. And it goes back to the fundamentals of credit control. It's looking at the deal themselves and the numbers that you mentioned before, the maximum loan to value to GDV. So what's being raised for what the property will be worth in the end is 70%. So there's an amount uh, 30% of a safety margin for situations which arise where the property market slightly declines, the build costs go up, there's still that margin there to repay investors, to repay the interest and also hopefully the developer to make a profit from it. So from your point of view, a similar position to where I look at, I look after our investors, I want to make sure that the capital's returned, the interest is returned and from a borrower point of view, as long as they're able to do that, that uh, successful project in my opinion i'm guessing that's the same from yourself really yes 100 percent. i mean the other thing to touch on here is the ability to diversify across a number of different projects which being the size of platform you are it does allow investors to invest in you know three four five projects as opposed to having all their eggs in one basket i think that's another tremendous sort of feature when investing one should always be diversified where possible because it massively reduces risk. You have the capacity to offer diversification to your investor group, which again is another massive box tick for for ourselves. Yeah, look, it can be done quite easily. Like I said, uh, we've got projects all over the country, the different styles of projects, the different developers, and it's aiming for true diversification against development, developer, location. So from your point of view as well, it's a lot better to look at a portfolio that's managed like that rather than looking at third-party loans, which they're fully funding the deal for. So, yeah, it's something that we try and bring three to four opportunities per month through to our investors, which allow them to start to invest into these different opportunities uh, from yourself, Rain, and what you've done in the past and what you're doing in the future. Are there any exciting things happening to help investors over at Retirement Capital? I know you, you probably focus more on the fintech side of the pension world than others within the space. So we're good to know more about what your plans are in the future, really. Thank you. Ultimately, we're administering somebody's pension scheme or the company's pension scheme. So the trick with any kind of pensions administration is basically the strength of the software that, that runs behind it. Now, one of the things that Retirement Capital did really quite back at the start was have a look at all of the current systems for SaaS administration that were available and decide that none of them were fit for purpose. So um, they've basically built their own from the ground up, which has you know, probably taken the last six years and is an ongoing ongoing work. But I would say that essentially we've probably got the, the strongest and most robust SaaS administration software system out there, which is massively important for investors because part of you know our job is to make sure that they stay tax compliant with HMRC and that their pension scheme is run in a professional manner. That is a requirement from HMRC. It gives me a great deal of confidence to see the system, to see the software that's in place, to see the administration team that we have here and how well trained they are. And moving forwards to that, we're attempting to try to make this very visible for all of our 
member trustees by, I mean, we've a long way into developing a mobile phone app where you can actually uh, see and touch and feel and know what's going on with your SAS pension 24 hours a day. And I'm happy to announce that that's going to be launched in June this year. So um, it's going to be the first ever SAS, UK SAS that can be run via a mobile phone. In what, the next month and a half? We're expecting that to be live and ready to go? I would say in the next month. Right, okay. I'll be interested. As soon as we've got that live, you'll have to uh, send over a demo. We'll have a look at it. Have a play with it. We'll have to, yes, we'll have to demo it. That may require a video rather than just me speaking. We'll want to show people, you know, the power of of what it can do, and you know, you know how you can you can access information about your SAS and actually make some decisions at a time that suits the member trustee, which could be eight or nine o'clock in the evening, where respectfully our admin office would be closed at that time, whereas the app brings absolute functionality to somebody's pension scheme. And you know, we're really, really excited about it. It's been under development for awful long time. The main reason for that is it's taken a year for Apple to agree to this because there is no other comparable. You can't look at another scheme and go, well, it's like them. It's the very first one that to be launched in the UK or in the world, to be fair. So we're hugely, hugely excited. Amazing. Well done to you guys for getting that set up. So I think that lends us to land on a really good place to conclude the episode, really. So in the next few weeks, uh, we're hoping to have a demo from Retirement Capital on the new uh, platform and their app. But thank you, everyone, for listening, especially if you've stayed all the way through to the end. I know security of loans and SAS pensions isn't the most glamorous world and we're 25 or so minutes in now Uh, so if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave a review on the platform you're listening to and follow us so you never miss an episode if you have any questions please email podcast at source.co and I'd like to uh, thank Bryn for taking the time today just to run through a brief outline of what a SAS is, what the benefits are, what security you should look for, and what the risks are involved in SAS pension. So, Bryn, thank you very much for coming on. John, thank you very much for having me. Not a problem. Thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you thank all you. soon.